Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You guys got me already heated off air, and I really don't know how to come in. So first off, welcome to the DMVR Fantasy um, Podcast, presented by our good friends at DraftKings Sportsbook. Then I might as well tell you a fun story about my weekend and how it relates to DraftKings Sportsbook and fantasy. Is I had a beautiful player prop parlay that is perfect for all these fantasy players out there. I had Will Fuller over... 60-odd yards. Hit easy. My only good call of the weekend, frankly. Will Fuller. Then I had James Robinson, over 61 rushing yards. James Robinson didn't light it up fantasy-wise. Quite disappointing. In a lot of areas, that Cincinnati um, against Jacksonville game was underwhelming from a fantasy standpoint. But he hit that. And then the easiest one of all, my, my prop of the week on our Sunday morning show, Austin Eckler to have more rushing yards than Ronald Jones. Um, five plays in Austin Eckler's out probably for the year. And that went down to drain. So I was right about those two calls and one stupid injury in this horrible year in this horrendous experiment. That is 2020 NFL football blows it all. So congrats on your win on that wager guy. Um, and then and then Wait, hold up, hold up. I gotta take a page out of RK's book for this one. Go on. <laughs> what? Uh, no, and then we had the other wager. I mean, you you might want to celebrate now and get your talks in because the other wager we had wasn't a wasn't was the nail biter, the nail biter we've had in uh, all of our fantasy bets this year. Hank had Lavisca Chenault to outscore T Higgins, and by point. Six and half point PPR because of those Visca rushing yards. Lavisca Chenault just barely edged out T Higgins. Still, you got to be excited for T Higgins the rest of the season on this one, man. He looks like he's taken over AJ Green's role, and uh, I mean the rapport that he's building with Joe Burrow, those two rookies moving forward. That's an exciting tandem, man. We did have a good call on Tyler Boyd in that one as well. Um, Who's been pushing that Tyler Boyd? Come on, man. You're all about Tyler I've been driving Boyd. that train for, what, three weeks now? Feeling real good about it. 
you bought a lot of stock in Cincinnati Bengals wide receivers. Um, yeah, AJ Green's not looking so hot right now, oh, but uh, oh. I still think that that team, you know, Mixon finally, finally showed up. Uh, I, Kenyon Drake, not so much, but uh, yeah, Cincinnati is looking a lot better, man. Yeah, since he was good, anymore. we might as well start from that game because we mentioned Tyler Boyd, we mentioned LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins. James Robinson gets his 17 carries and 75 rushing yards. Didn't have the contributions in the passing game that we've kind of expected from him. I think LaVisca Chenault, but more importantly, the return of DJ Chark, who had a monster game, was really huge in Actually, this uh... Yeah, we got we got a nice comment here from Mile High Mems, dog. Why'd you not start Chark? Yeah, well, Did Mile High Mems uh, traded me DJ Chark for Devontae Parker, and he threw in Michael Gallup as well. So Boy, do not worry about that. my undefeated 4-0 team. Even with Chark on the bench, we were just fine. Uh, but I appreciated that nice trade. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, okay, and another victory lap for you, guy. Joe Mixon finally shows up. It was a do or die time, and uh, he did. Yes, he definitely he did. did. Yeah, uh, that was uh, encouraging to see. I know that Jacksonville is not. Uh, I mean, they started the year off hot, and now they're falling back down to earth. So yeah. this isn't like you know the most earth shattering you know breakout game necessarily, especially considering their uh, defensive woes lately. But I'll take it, man. I'll take it. I have scoring player of, in all of fantasy football in uh, full PPR leagues. Yeah, and uh, man, I was saying on last week's show, that was your chance to buy low. Uh, you just missed it. Uh, you are no longer buying low on Joe Mixon. Uh, he's back, and yeah, moving forward, I, I really like the way they kind of uh, utilized him a little bit differently, um, gave him more passing opportunities. I think that uh, the offensive line played better for sure. Even yeah. though you know Jacksonville doesn't necessarily have a stout front seven on defense, sure. But still, you got to yeah, take it. It's in, it's in, it's encouraging moving forward. I'll tell you that much. Totally. And then final note from this game: Joe Burrow, one of my big starts of the week, just doesn't get me that enough touchdowns or enough rushing yards, which have kind of been the yeah. Burrow staple, um, to really warrant that start. He was outside of the top fifteen, so bad call by me there. I actually have, um, if you'd like, I have our sit-start graphic right here, so we can revisit that real quick. My See sits Joe were there, horrendous. This homie, yeah. Woo! Horrendous. Yeah, I think Will Fuller is really the only one you could really claim that you hit on there. Will Fuller was incredible. He should have had the game of the week because he has that touchdown at the buzzer, kind of has control, then goes to the ground. The ball comes out, but you can't really tell it comes out. Anyways, I I thought so that was a, a is BS. that your favorite word? Because that's all I'm hearing from you today, man. I mean, this should have happened. I'm telling that you, these were happened. these were good calls. They just didn't come to to fruition. It was a it was a terrible week, man. It was not a good week of fantasy. You I guys are lucky to have a pretty good week, dog. You guys are lucky to have me here because I was ready Let's... to quit. Real quick, let's take a look here. Devin Singletary, great game. Mike Davis, great game. Nick Chubb, I don't know if you saw, he didn't have a very good game. How could you gloat about a Nick Chubb injury right now? How could you gloat? I was trying to roll through that one real quick. Mike Kosicki, though, come on. Can I get some love for that Mike Kosicki call? Because he was non-existent in that game. Devontae Parker had a good one. I think he had like 20.6 or 20.9 PPR points, and Mike Kosicki had like three. 
Like, he wasn't there. And that's because the Seahawks are actually good against tight ends, and they suck against wide receivers, man. That secondary is, like, really wonky. But, yeah, Mike Kosicki not having a good game. I think uh, I deserve Two weeks in a row. That one. Three yeah. targets, one reception for Gesicki. Salvaged a week ago by getting one touchdown. Can't get the touchdown in this one. In an awful week. David Moore, uh, since we're on to the Miami-Seattle and we're kind of moving around last week's card, um, yeah. you had a good call on Fitzmagic. Chris Carson got himself some touchdowns. But is David Moore like the top waiver wire pickup this week? Um, he's in contention. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'd have to see if he's available. I, mean, I know in one of my leagues I picked him up, but it's a pretty deep league. Um, but I, I'd say he's up there for sure, man. The story here should be, I think we're all in agreement, Russell Wilson and Seattle's passing attack is definitely one that can support three viable fantasy options. In yeah, the it was actually it was pretty weird that um, Tyler Lockett just straight up disappeared in that game. But uh, I, he had like well, I think he had like three drops, and like they're very uncharacteristic drops too. Um, so that was weird, especially coming off of the week prior where he had like what I think he had like two touchdowns, maybe, maybe yeah. three. Like he had a nuts week three, and then all of a sudden week four, he's just dropping the ball all over the place, and David Moore comes through. So David Moore, your top waiver but, pickup, hey, yeah. this week, oh, Seattle's wide receiver. You gotta unmute your mic, Hank. Yeah, you gotta unmute your mic. Real amateur hour here. <laughs> My power went out. Just the entire home was no more. That means I don't even get to keep my baseball game on right now. Wow. Um, pickups. I mean, I'm going for Visca. I, I, that's where I'm at right now. Is I think that he is trending up in the right direction, at least in terms of receivers. Um, the the as along with him, let's see. I, Lost all my tabs here, too. There we go. Um, I really like T. Higgins as well uh, among the receivers. Um, I I put Hunter Renfro on my start list last week um, for the tailgate. He had like five catches, 56 yards. It wasn't like a great call, but I do think that he is going to keep improving as well. Um, But to me, I'm not very good at math, but uh, is that under nine points? Oh, I forgot we had a bet on that one. Yeah, that's was two points, my friend. Two and a half, so that's 7.6 plus one. That's 8.1. That's 8.1 and a half point PPR. Uh, mm. Who is this? Add it to the list. Hunter Renfro. Oh, no. Oh, baby. Add oh, that to the God, list. Right. Yeah, well, I actually have some questions for you guys about a league that I'm in and a league that I'm actually struggling in because Michael Thomas got hurt and Marlon Mack got hurt and a couple yeah. other guys got hurt. Is it your dynasty um, league where you're no. you guys are co-managing a team and I believe you're eight and four? And no. I think you only have seven hundred and fifty points scored on the year right now. Is that the one? That's actually not the one. Thanks for talking about that though. Um, <laughs> eight and, and four. Just dunking left and right. Eight and four. How would we be eight and four for Oh and four, four, my friend? Well, zero, we're, a we're nice terrible in our zero IDP wins. League. Yeah, we're we're awful in that league. We don't have running backs. Who builds a dynasty around running backs? We wouldn't. No, we wouldn't. No, we're we going to draft them. This is year one. Wait exactly. in a year to, when we've drafted Najee Harris and Travis oh Etienne, and we'll talk. Then we'll. Then talk. we will. Oh, I we see. Will. We have Chase Edmonds in that league, which I don't know if you knew, but he's the future running back in Arizona. So. 
They have given him opportunities, and he hasn't done anything with them, so I don't really want to hear that. Yeah, I scored Pink and Drake last week. Henry, back to your question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the big question is this one. When I'm putting in my waiver claims, who should I put in as the higher priority? Damian Harris or Justin Jackson? I've been leaning Damian Harris. Damian Harris. Somebody who I've really liked. Damian Harris. Um, okay. Why? Yeah. What What's Damian Harris done to make you so confident? Seven uh, yards yesterday. Yeah, but also he was the guy in training camp going into the season before he got put on IR. He was the guy. Like I, I had been championing him through those. Like I think the draft pods. I think I mentioned him a couple times. Uh, I was big on Damian Harris. I was waiting for him to get his chance to come back. Game one, he comes back, boom, pops off. Like that mm-hmm. backfield is completely up for the taking because Tony Michelle is Garbo, and uh, a Dan- or Russ Burkhead. I keep calling him Danny Woodhead, but uh, Russ Burkhead wow. is like he's old. And uh, James White, I don't. I was a little disappointed, James White man. I was holding out hope that he would come back and be good, and Damian Harris just lit it up. So I think that. Bill Belichick, when he has a guy that he trusts, he rides him. And I think Damian Harris is that guy. Justin Jackson, I don't know if he has, I don't know. He just doesn't have the skill that Austin Eckler did. And I just don't know if he'll be able to be utilized in the same role. Things are going to be changed there in, in uh, I keep wanting to say San Diego, but it's Los Angeles. Do you have James Webb available in that league? I don't think so, no. People wouldn't have dumped him. I'm a guy with no. Josh Kelly right now in multiple leagues, and I don't even feel mm-hmm. good about having Josh Kelly because really? he was supposed to have a lot of opportunity, and he just – it doesn't look like he's – I don't know. He's just inconsistent. But the thing is, like, I just have never been in on Justin Jackson as a as an NFL running back. I know. And that's I think, my point. You know, he doesn't have the skill that Damian Harris does. Exactly. But six, six carries, nine yards yesterday – Whereas uh, I actually do, I think of this one. Yeah, and this one I do have Joshua Kelly, who had seven yards on nine carries. So it's not like it's any better. But but who? It it has to be Joshua Kelly's backfield. I think. I think just because of the upside, because we've yeah. seen him so far, and I, I he was the number two back in front of Justin Jackson coming into the season, obviously as well. Yep. I think they give him more opportunity off the start, but like I said, I have Josh Kelly, and I still don't feel super confident in that. I'm going to try to flip him just because, I mean, he's got opportunity, and you know the potential is there, and you can flip him based on the potential. Um, but I think that Damian Harris has more skill, and I think that he actually, even though the, back ra- the backfield looks more crowded on paper, I think he has more opportunity because of, just how distrustful Bill Belichick is in Sony Michelle specifically, and I just don't think that Rex Burkhead has the uh, the speed, the burst that you want from a starting running back. I mean, Damian they're Harris all just different rules. I wouldn't read too much into what Damian Harris did for a game plan specific for stopping the Chiefs a with a backup quarterback b. White and Rex Burkhead will get more touches mm-hmm. once Cam Newton returns, but that's not even the question between. Um, Damian Harris and Justin Jackson, who didn't even see the field to this point, you have to go Damian Harris. Even if Justin Jackson, there's going to be a clearer path for him to at least get like 10 touches a game with Austin Eckler injured. Well, the Patriots are going to pick and choose. Damian Harris is going to be the guy one week. James White's going to be the guy another week. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Sony, Sony Michelle once in a while, if he's even healthy, is the guy Rex Burkhead. I mean, they're always a tough one to predict. 
on Josh Kelly, I'll say what's changed there is also the game plan uh, for the Chargers in that with Tyrod Taylor, he was getting more touches. It was grounded pound. They were trying to control it, and he was kind of the bell cap. With Herbert, it's a lot more play action and taking shots deep and passing it a lot more. So that's where I think Kelly's just kind of dropped off. He also had that one fumble that I think kind of killed his momentum and touches at one point, and we might as well get into that game. I have one more question. Can we do that first? Let's um, do it. So my running backs on my bench right now, Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, Latavius Murray. You know, with Damian Harris, I, I know it's probably a bad idea to cut Cam Akers or Latavius Murray to pick him up. What do you think, though? Is it worth a consideration? Who were the three? Um, Cam Akers, Latavius yeah, Murray, Latavius DeAndre Swift. Murray, Swift. I think you cut Swift. Yeah. I, I it's just so tough with, with Cam Akers hurt too. Latavius Murray had done virtually nothing all year and then puts up two touchdowns this weekend and 20 points in fantasy. I this is a tough time of year, I think, to, to be making these sorts of decisions. That's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and Akers really hasn't shown anything. At all. I know. He looked bad in one game and then hasn't seen the field since. Oh, yes. no, he played in game two. He got hurt. Swift is at least still getting the touches. Man. Oh, boy. Man, I was just making some or, great points, and I was muted the whole time. Oh, no. Or do you just say, oh, no. keep those guys for another week? Don't try to risk one of them because I have Golden Tate who I'm willing to cut for either of Justin Jackson or Damian Harris. And he's going to be the first to go. Right. But do I throw in a second claim, even though it probably wouldn't pick up whoever's left anyway, somebody else will put the claim in? Uh, I usually do my top end claims with one person that I'm dropping. And I stack them on that one person. So they have them <laughs> in a priority order because they're you know that they're not coming back around to you. Yeah. So that's how I do it. That way you're not dropping a bunch of different random guys. You know exactly who's getting dropped. And you know who, like, in what order you would be picking up. Mm-hmm. That's just how I do it. Yeah. But, but I would say DeAndre I, Swift to agree with Dre. That's what I was going to say earlier. Because he was given his opportunity. He looked like crap with it. Cam Akers, I think uh, Daryl Henderson underwhelmed this past weekend. Malcolm Brown is not that impressive. Mm-hmm. So I think that the opportunity is there for Cam Akers. And Latavius Murray, if uh, Malvin K- or Alvin Kamara goes down, that backfield's his. So but I think the DeAndre question Swift is, is like, I think he's the worst of the three. And so with DeAndre Swift, though, would you be willing to cut him for Justin Jackson? I would have cut him already. Okay, that's fair. Unless you're in like a 16-team league where you're just desperate. No. DeAndre Swift, in my opinion, was cuttable like... Probably, at least last week, man. Still getting touches there. Still getting yeah. touches. But yeah, I, I think you're right. And I would prioritize Damian Harris just barely on that. Um, okay. All right. Before we go off the rails too much, uh, <laughs> let's go in order. Broncos, Jets. Look, nice week from Tim Patrick. Uh, Jerry Judy's on pace to almost have a thousand yard uh, receiving gear, even though he has yet to have a breakout game. You're encouraged by that. You're scared by the fan Um, injuries and Melvin Gordon has a nice day. 
I don't think much of this is sustainable. I wouldn't read too much into Broncos against the Jets. Dude, the I Jets will say this. Horrible. They are. I, I did a power mm-hmm. ranking, and they were the only team that was dead last in every single category I uh, I picked as far as point differential, yard per play, and even uh, even gambling on them uh, against the spread. They've just been horrendous. Um, I will say this, though. As far as fantasy takeaways, if there's one sustainable thing, it's that when healthy, Jamison Crowder is the one guy you want on the Jets. And he's a nice little flex or even wide receiver two option. He's... Pretty darn productive. Uh, I would say more specifically for PPR. If you're in standard, PPR is great, he's still decent. But like PPR, he's a machine. P- and I think that I, I think that I might have mentioned him in when we were talking about wide receivers during the draft because like one. that was yeah. Even week one, thing. we've been talking him up. Yeah. Yeah. So I've I've had him and I played him this week and I was happy with it. But man, it's hard to draw any conclusions from this game other than the Jets just friggin' suck, man. Like yeah. I don't expect. Like, that Jerry Judy touchdown, um, like, he caught it over that dude, but it went through his hands and then bounced off his helmet into Jerry's hands. So, yep. like, that kind of shouldn't have happened. That kind of should have been an interception. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> I'm not sure. See, this is a conversation. What? I think I was, I, I was, I think I was talking uh, to RK about this. We can't um, go on a whole South tangent. That was, that was a horribly thrown pass. Get it out. Get it out. got it. He got a touchdown. I, I give him credit for that, but that was a poorly thrown pass. And against like any other secondary, that's an interception. That doesn't happen. And that's a full ten points that you lose from him right there. It's forty yard touchdown. That's ten points he doesn't see if it's yeah. against any other team, man. And like, I don't know. I mean, Noah Fant it's is not even the team. It's just up. a fluky play. Fluky plays yeah. happen, but yeah, it's yeah. But fluky the plays time, happen right? for good football players, and Jerry Judy's a good football player, though. Like it's not like he's had to reach over a guy and. You know, sure. and that's why I asked but this is less about Jerry Judy like, and more about the quarterback situation. Because there were what? There were, were there three interceptions in that game for Brett Rippon? Yeah, yeah. And One of them was a pick six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, you can be a really good player, but if your quarterback is throwing five interceptions, <laughs> good luck, dude. At least they're throwing it up, though. More opportunities. But, yeah, I mean, not not too sustainable. I will say Crowder is exactly the kind of guy I like to target in PPRs just yep. because those slot guys that can rack up uh, receptions, Renfro, to a lesser extent, kind of fits that mold because he always guarantees you, like, 10, 15 every game. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. We'll talk about Renfro later, but, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Judy, it's just sustainable. Then the fantasy game of the week, it wasn't Jaguars-Bengals, as we thought. It was the other Ohio team against the Dallas Cowboys where – um baker mayfield wasn't really a good start for you Dak prescott has been the quarterback you want um zeke elliott i think has a fantasy owners concerned and odell beckham jr completely took over this game even more takeaways but i thought it was hilarious that the browns scored what 49 points and baker mayfield only accounted for like what 14 of them, something like that, like 165 passing yards. Yeah, 14 but, two touchdowns. Like Jarvis Landry threw for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, OBJ ran for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like Baker Mayfield, they played better when he was basically game scripted out. Yeah, he just That's managed crazy, the man. game because they ran wild on him for 307 mm-hmm. yards. I know, I mean, but that was like a. It's what you'd expect. It felt yeah. to me like a complete indictment of Baker Mayfield as a quarterback when. As soon as they take the ball out of his hands, the team starts playing better. That's what I saw, man. 
he hasn't been fantasy viable all year. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, no, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, that's the correct read. Um, and then C.D. Lamb does have the big week I thought he was going to have last week, uh, this week with two touchdowns. Amari Cooper has one of his big games. And Dalton Schultz, we haven't talked about the Cowboys tight end almost at all, but he has become fantasy viable. He had himself uh, 72 yards and a touchdown in this one. And that's definitely an offense that can sustain multiple, uh, you know, wide receivers and tight ends. The one so, disappointment, Michael Gallup in this one. That was, thank you for bringing that up. We got Mile High Mems with a, a comment here. Gallup's target share catch percentage is perplexing. That's why he threw him in that trade to you, and I figured I'd bring it up once we talked about Browns yeah. Cowboys. Uh, I have Gallup in the league, and I'm I'm pretty concerned at this point, man. It's not too dissimilar from the running backs for the Patriots, you know, mm -hmm. where you just gotta kind of throw your hands up and you're hoping you're hoping this is the right week for your guy because you know Cedric Wilson blew it up last weekend. Um, I, they've been tough to predict. They've been tough to, to predict. That's why we weren't super high on Amari Cooper coming into the year either. Yeah, I really but, thought, I I really thought that this was going to be one of the offenses though where you could bank on the top three receivers being viable in fantasy. But it is just kind of crazy to see, like you said, Cedric Wilson, but also Noah Brown and this B Bell guy. As I look through, who I don't even know who he is, I B. thought Bell that they would ju just run with the. Uh, the top three and let them go play, but they really are getting more guys out on the field and it isn't good for fantasy. Nope. It's, uh, it's been hard to predict, but still like I, I wouldn't give up on Gallup, you know, um, he's, he's proven that when he's on, he can have some incredibly, um, relevant fantasy games just like last week where he went off for six for 138 and one touchdown you know it's just uh, it's one of those where you've got a lot of mouths to feed um and and they're throwing it up more than any other team bearing the lead though zeke has not been the safe running back we hoped he would be at this point it's been a little underwhelming no, I think been. we do we collectively rank him above Saquon as our number two, which granted mm -hmm. Saquon you know goes down with the injury and um, play, was playing way worse even prior to the injury. Right, so in no way but was still, that wrong. I'm just saying of the top three running backs right there, you have Christian McCaffrey out with an injury, Zeke underperforming, and then Saquon underperforming and then getting injured. No. All of a sudden, Alvin Kamara is your runaway number one. Who, Not to mention yeah, Cook getting right epidurals there. and a contract dispute before the season. Dalvin Cook contract dispute before the season. Yeah. It's pretty crazy how this is shaking out. Wow. Yeah, the the one thing I mean, I guess two things that are saving Zeke: the touchdowns and the receiving yards. You know, if you have him in PPR, just looking through these numbers, week one three catches, since then six catches, six catches, eight catches. That's a lot of points right there. Even though he only had 54 rushing yards this week, 71 receiving yards. I I don't know. Maybe it is time to just buy into him being a good receiving back. But oh, that yeah. just is never – but, yeah, but it's never been like what I thought of Ezekiel Elliott as a guy who's going to just go catch a bunch of balls and be productive that way. I thought that the majority of the touches had to just be running between the tackles. I don't know. I, I'm kind of scared, but I, I'm not – willing to sell him totally yet 
No, I think it's uh, on the offensive line just not being as good as in years past, mm-hmm. and that's why you know if he's not able to just like run between the tackles, they start using him in the passing game. That's where he's gonna make up for that. But yeah, I mean, there's some concern. I, I just uh, I, I think it's still Ezekiel Elliott though. Yeah, and, and also like it, having eight catches or, or like last week, better example, six catches for 24 yards really doesn't help you all that much unless you're in a PPR league. I was going to say, if you're in PPR, that's eight points No, I mean, right that's huge. His, that his baseline has been, you know, 10 to 15 just on the receiving side for you. So the rushing hasn't really mattered. Um, but if you do have a bit of a dud from the receiving side, then, yeah, things could be complex. But luckily, Zeke mm-hmm. is that dude who, who really has that versatility. On to Saints lines. We talked about Kamara, who, uh, you know, Still has a decent game. Um, Traquan Smith, who we've talked about on this one, really has a nice one with two touchdowns. Uh, Latavius Murray, who you talked about in your conundrum of who to drop, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, showing that fantasy viability as a RB2 in this system. And, uh, you know, Kenny Galladay keeps making us happy. Also worth mentioning, DeAndre Swift does have a, rece- a touchdown in the receiving game here. Um, which kind of carries his fantasy value. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and with DeAndre Swift, you look through his weekly fantasy numbers, they really aren't that bad, um, especially when you remember, like, week one he has 12 points. He could have caught that touchdown that would have been worth exactly, plus the yardage, plus possible PPR. The next week, 11.3, has the down week, 3.2, and then this has him point three yesterday which surprises me because he did oh i clicked on joshua kelly that's what happened I was but like, the what? point is yeah deandre swift did have like a couple down weeks but if he catches that first ball he has the touchdown here but that's sure the you're it's it's an if but he's it's not like he was covered he was wide open and he dropped yeah, it and he dropped that's it a, and but that's, that's a concerning different ways of looking that's, at it. that's not that a fluke though that's a lack of one skill. play it, but I it's think it's a, a fluke. fluke. It's you, not. It is a fluke. It's one play. Uh, it's, he was uncovered. It. it hit you him in the hands. He was standing in play. the end zone. You, you can't grade a player on one play. If you think that's not fluky, if you think that's not an isolated incident, then you don't know what a fluke or an isolated incident is. It's one play. It's a <laughs> Real, numbers, Real numbers, 8.3, 7.2, 1.9, 11.2. That 8.3 goes up 6 or 7 or 8, depending on what kind of league you're in, if he gets that first one. Then all of a sudden you're saying, huh, he's averaging over 10 points per game in a non-PPR league, and maybe there is still more there than we're giving him credit for. More carries 22 yards, though. They invested a top 35 pick in the guy. They're not just mm-hmm. going to give up on him. But he has been I'm not saying they're giving up sure. on him. I'm just saying that I don't think he has the skill that a lot of the other rookie running backs have. And I think that he's also mm-hmm. playing in a system that doesn't benefit the running back. You watched. They went up 14 to nothing. How many times have we fucking seen this story where, I know, where the Lions <laughs> go up 14 to nothing. They go up big early, and then they just get they, – they collapse. It's like the Falcons, man, all over again. It's yeah. the – it's the NFC North Falcons, and they're never going to have a game script where DeAndre Swift is going to just be able to just get that solid like running production down the stretch because they're always going to have to come back. They're always going to blow a lead. The time, and they're going to get receiving down. back. Mm-hmm. PPR league is value. I just don't know if they're utilizing him properly though. They start to fall apart. They they get away from their game plan. 
I, I don't like it, man. I, it's still yeah. it's the same old story of Lions running backs, and I don't trust it, man. If, you know what? Looking at the schedule, though, they have a bye week. Coming out of the bye week, you have to expect them to be at least a little bit sharper. Week six, they go play Jacksonville. <laughs> the Lions. Yeah, but week six, the only thing you can expect from the Lions is to blow the lead. Week six, they play Jacksonville. Week seven, they play Atlanta. He should be putting up numbers in those two games. That's when I would sell him if you don't see production okay. through there. So week seven, we'll revisit this. Yep. Okay, because that's the thing After, I was yeah. about yeah. to ask. At what point would you be willing to concede that he's not viable? So it sounds by like week seven. After week seven. It sounds like we need a, a bet for week seven. So uh, what, would, what would prove um what would prove DeAndre Swift a worthwhile start from now until so week seven? Averaging say, twelve or more in PPRs? Yeah, that sounds about right. Because yeah. uh, Hank brought up earlier that you know with the touchdown he would be averaging over ten. I'd like to see it over twelve. We'll say so that it's a bye week and then two weeks after that, right? So between those two games, six and seven. So he needs twenty four. Sure. Okay. In the next two weeks. Yeah. Well, then- I do want to clarify that I didn't. I was not saying I think that he's going to go off and then he's going to be good. I said that I'm watching those and. Uh, but then, if it goes well, then I'm still bought in. If not, well, then, then I'm you, ready you still to have go. a chance. I'll you take still it. have a chance here. What What does it mean to you? Like, when would you give up if he was below what After, number of points per week? Um, because the Jags, what, right what Mixon there. just I did mean, to the Jags shows that they can be scored on. Yeah, but also like if he doesn't get a touchdown in either of those games and comes through averaging like ten points, nine points, eight points, I'm I'm still gonna be right on the fence. You know. Just sounds yeah. like you're not committing to it. Yeah, I mean, that is set. So whatever he says right. doesn't even matter. At this yeah, point. <laughs> I don't uh, even like the bet. Okay, <laughs> we. I'm taking this on at this point. So, this, uh, okay. this is mine because because guy thinks he knows everything based on one play. Um, mm. And a rookie in his debut with no off season, no, no preseason. <laughs> sure. Do you want me to bring the? Know everything. Do you want me to bring this hit star graphic up again? We can go revisit bring that. It if you want. Bring oh, it up. Bring it up. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> bring it up. Let's go. Oh, Look at all wow. these L's, dude. I just see yeah. L, 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 W, 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 W. Where were you? Where Where was this insistence on all these graphics the last few weeks, huh? Oh. <laughs> you know, I got a lot on my plate. Four you know, weeks. I'm just been really busy. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. I understand. Miles <laughs> um, Gaskin, not a great start by us. We talked him up. Uh, didn't really work out against the Seahawks. We talked about Kaseki. We talked about David Moore and Tyler Lockett in this one. Devontae Parker, man, he looked good. Yeah, he did. He did. I'm encouraged been, by that. He's been back and looking. looking I do nice. need to Close see time. though, because eventually they're going to have to make the change to Tua. I almost feel like this is a good selling point for Devontae Parker, because while I'm encouraged and while they're doing well right now, this whole thing could fall apart at any moment. Um, and he's also a little injury prone, and we've already seen a lot of injuries so far this year. So I think this is probably a good selling point for Devontae Parker, to be honest. Don't disagree with that. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, going to be a little hard, I think, to sustain some of the success we saw. Also, the, the Seahawks' secondary is, like, historically bad. So 
he sh- he should have produced and he did. But moving forward, they're going to have a tougher schedule. So the only thing worse than the Seahawks secondary is the Seahawks front. Um, so they're actually a nice team to be in. And we're wired to not think of the Pete Carroll Seahawks as a good team to start your fantasy guys against. That that narrative is yeah, Legion is of Boom. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick, we we mentioned a lot about the Bucks Chargers game as far as the running backs. We didn't really get into the wide receivers. Chargers passing game has opened up a lot. It hasn't really meant much for the guys you thought it would mean much, at least not this week. I mean, Hunter Henry, if you drafted Hunter Henry, you've been underwhelmed so far. Um, Keenan Allen, you know, does have 12 targets um, and gets eight receptions in this one. But, you know, the big plays kind of came from unknown guys while – um, on the Buccaneer side, uh, yeah, Tom Brady has that monster second half, uh, really picks it up against the Chargers defense that had been nails thus far. It was a big day for Scotty Miller and Mike Evans. Even O.J. Howard showed some signs of life, but unfortunately he gets injured in this one. Um, nothing nothing to see here for the season. Kowski. There was a report out today, and I was just. I think he's. I think he's just things. straight up gone. I can look it's, it up real quick. He's out for a while. I, I I don't remember if it was confirmed the full season, or um just IR for the time being. As of yesterday, it says. Oh yeah. Oh, it says they Vaughn. fear a season-ending injury. Yeah, it it came out today. If you look at the Schefter. Uh oh, Achilles. Yeah, placed on IR. Keyshawn but IR Vaughn. only lasts like three weeks, so. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So Where do we stand? I, I relayed initially. He's injured for a prolonged period of time. We don't yeah. know if that's the full I was just trying to find some clarity. <laughs> I know. I know, but you're interrupting me as I'm trying to talk about <laughs> the say what I just told you. <laughs> I, uh, you. You guys have me. This was such a disastrous week. I, I really, I, I shouldn't even be, be driving this show. You, you guys messed up by letting me drive it. Um, Keyshawn Vaughn, without Leonard Fournette, there is some relevancy. Um... I'm keeping my eye on him as the receiving back in this Buccaneers backfield, but he didn't do anything noteworthy to jump on beyond just like be available. How was uh, Ronald Ronald Jones? How was he? You know, Ronald Jones is one of my favorite players. I'm very happy for Ronald Jones. Look, you got got, him like side by side with like Austin Eckler. You got lucky with an Eckler injury. What can I say? I mean, It happens. Um, we did say Nick oh, Chubb. You know the injury was around the corner, so I hope uh, I hope you guys did listen to that. Shouldn't one. be laughing about injuries, but where do we stand Harry, on Scotty Harry. Miller? You know Scotty Miller's name's been kind of tossed around for a couple of weeks. This week he goes five catches, eighty-three yards, and a touchdown. He's been playing really well, even though I, I think we all expect a drop off. For me, it's contingent on whether or not Chris Godwin plays. If Chris Godwin plays, Scotty Miller is irrelevant to me. And then if Chris Godwin is out, Scotty Miller all of a sudden is he's a he's a good play. Uh, I don't. It would be a little dependent on secondaries because Tom Brady has proved to be somewhat vincible. But uh, I would almost view him as you would like a a handcuff to a running back. Essentially, like it's his direct backup. I'm not super sold on Scotty Miller. The thing is, I'm going to monitor him because without OJ Howard. 
I think we'll see a lot more three wide receiver sets where there would have been more two tight end sets. Now they're going to have to change that a little bit. And that but could Scotty open and, things up for Scotty. Scotty and Chris both play primarily in the slot though, right? So unless they're running like trip sets, you're not going to see them on the field at the same time. I mean, in 11 personnel, you're going to have to figure out who's going to go in the slot and who not. But I mean, these are conundrums that offenses have often, you know, yeah. um, but you're going to have to put your three best wide receivers. He, he does seem to be a guy that's developing um, some vibes with Brady. Also Brady, not yeah. buying at all. That was a, that was a, um, yep. congrats for having owned Brady and wasted that draft pick and getting the one good week out. Um, <laughs> Trade him. Mark Ingram. I was right aside from his early touchdown and we were kind of right about this Ravens run game that has yet to really take off. And Washington's um, front seven, too. I mean, I think we should give credit where credit's due because people were basically declaring them dead at the beginning of the year. Even without and, Chase Young. Yeah, and that's yeah. the weird part. That's the big part in this, yeah. yeah. They seemed easy to pick on without Chase Young. They did a nice job. Mark Andrews, big day. Big, big day for uh, the Baltimore tight end who is so touchdown reliant. But, hey, when he gets those touchdowns, he's a beast. Um, I know you can't but count said, on it, but he's, he's the target. He's the I target. said that Washington was susceptible to the tight end. Or, sorry, yeah, was it? Yeah, Washington was susceptible to the tight end, man. So, man, this was, this was a great week for me, man. Logan Thomas, just one reception for eight yards. How do you explain that one? He uh, was one of your big starts of the <laughs> Since you we're on all. you can't win them all. That's how I explain it. Underwhelming for him. Um, he, yeah, I think that Dwayne Haskins is just like embattled at this point, for lack of a better term. They they're basically telling him like he's on his last rights in no uncertain terms. Like he has to perform or else he's getting benched. Um, and I think that that pressure is getting in his head. Obviously, the Ravens are they're still a, a great defense, even though they have their vulnerabilities. Uh, but I worry about Haskins' future. Yeah, and what do we think of that? Because, you know, this isn't a super important fantasy team, but they do have Antonio Gibson. They have Terry McLaurin. Gibson has a huge week. Do do we want to start thinking about selling these guys? Because it, it does kind of sound like Dwayne Haskins is on his last legs there, and Kyle Allen is likely to come in. Like, I, I'm not sure what to think of this. I mean, I think scared the fact... Scary Terry's shown his fantasy. He's quarterback. Yeah. You know, he's shown it. The, the scary Terry producing scare. with a bad quarterback means that I would hold on to them because once they start to get decent play, then they'll actually be a lot better than they currently yeah. are, which is still good. I just don't think that they have anybody who's going to be better than Haskins as bad as he's been. They just have to try something. I don't know. Tough. Something worth paying attention to at the very least. Tough situation. Yeah. Um, Gibson slowly but surely creeping up. Probably, if, look, if you're listening to this pod, um, you know, we, we never truly believed, and you probably had to overpay to get him, but hey. And Mark Andrews, you know, we were talking last week about his, his stock falling off because he just, all he did fantasy relevancy was two touchdowns in week one and kind of died off. So, you know, he's a real, he's kind of the Will Fuller of tight ends these days. Yeah. He's um, averaging a touchdown a game now, though. Yes, he is. He has four on the year. That's right. Two and two. And then Arizona Cardinals against the Carolina Panthers. 
Man, 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 man. The Cardinals just... I don't know what went down with the offense this week, but it wasn't good, folks. It was Let's bad. hear it. Let's hear it, man. Those are my Cardinals and my Canyon Drake that did not show up, so I'll take the L on that one. I, that one just perplexed me because the Panthers now, really should be winning like any games. Injured, missed some of the game, and they're saying it was nothing serious, so limited touches because of that. More concerning to me, though, is just in general that running game isn't able to take off this year. I know. Even even when they've put Chase Edmonds in there to try to you know shake things up, he still isn't able to perform back there either, so... That's concerning, but... In fact, Whoa, Edmonds man. was fantasy relevant because of his five catches and touchdown in the in, as, a, as a catch passer. Um, but that, that's, that's it. Uh, and then Mike Davis does a decent job. He, he has been fantasy he's a, viable. He's been good, man. He's Bridge, been really good. Bridgewater's yeah, I mean, low-key been good. Like, when which actually Patrick sort of concerns me. Back, is Mike Davis still valuable? Because at this point, I think that Mike Davis is probably still valuable, um, at least worth holding on to, even with Christian McCaffrey there, just because uh, I, there there are plenty of ways that you can get those two both on the field. And I think that yeah. that's probably the identity that the Panthers need to build. I was going to say this prevents Christian McCaffrey from being rushed back, from coming back too early. Mm-hmm. So I think that if anything, you're going to see him out a little bit longer than you would have before. But I don't know if... I mean, it doesn't take any of Christian McCaffrey's work away once he gets back. Could uh, allow I'd, Christian I'd McCaffrey to be used more in that wide receiver role, which we know is kind of what it's they're going to phase him towards. It's Matt Rule, more. and it's his first year there, right? So it's like it's hard to extrapolate anything from how they'll approach this brand-new situation. I, there's no way I could tell. Yeah, I yeah. definitely wouldn't be um, too quick to sell on – Mike Davis. I also have a feeling they'll just be super patient with uh, McCaffrey, given yeah, that. That's yeah, that's the only thing that I could really... They're in no rush. They're in yeah. no rush. There. Except yeah. that they are 2-2 two and two now. Maybe they are saying we can make the playoffs. Teddy Bridgewater looks good. Those receivers look good. I, Robbie I, Anderson, I man. Yeah. Robbie Anderson's legit. Yep. Robbie Anderson has kind of taken his game to the next level. Um... Let's move on to Vikings-Texans. I mean, Texans basically have Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller as fantasy-relevant guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. Yep. That's about it. It's It's gotten ugly there. They've fired their coach. Nice to see Adam Thielen have a, nice, a big game. Um, Dalvin Cook, two weeks ago, we are saying he needs to step it up. He's done that the last two weeks. David Johnson, though, this is his floor, and he still had 16 attempts for 63 yards and two catches for 29. I mean, he didn't get a touchdown, but like as a floor, that still makes him pretty good. Yeah, 10 points I think could that, do a lot worse. Yeah, I think we have to see what happens when they bring in a new coach, but I still have belief in David Johnson. If someone's willing to sell him, I'd buy yeah, sure. Then the sixty-three yards—that's up from thirty-four and twenty-three the last two weeks. Really getting you know, me excited for a guy that most people drafted in like the fifth or sixth round here. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I would venture is, starting Mike Davis or James Robinson, guys that you've picked up on the waiver wire um, over David Johnson. You know, still rosterable, still potentially a flex or RB two play given all the injuries. But yeah, I mean, 
I, I was a lot more excited about him week one, and now, now those expectations yeah. have died off. Um, He's well, nice to have, though, especially sure, with bye sure. weeks coming up, with in all the injuries happening, people coming back from injuries, so many people relying on guys like Mike Davis, who who knows what their role will be in a few weeks. Having a guy like David Johnson, like I would definitely keep him around. Oh, yeah. Just hope that you can start yeah. somebody better. Uh, on the Minnesota side, Justin Jefferson, our favorite um, waiver wire pickup going into last week. He's here to stay. He's here to stay. Nice to see that Minnesota offense starting to pick it up just a bit more. Um, not too much to say about Rams-Giants. I mean, Giants right now, if you have Evan Ingram and can sell him, please do. Uh, that's that's kind of a must at this point. There's no one's fantasy relevant. Those on like, that, in their right mind, would yep. buy Evan Ingram. He's just straight droppable at this point, man. No yep. one's fantasy relevant. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, there was some hype with Ingram, and he just – I mean, 10 targets in this one. All he can do is six receptions for 35 yards. Ugly, man. Ugly. And then uh, underwhelming game for the Rams offense all around. I know uh, you were expecting a big day from Daryl Henderson. That didn't happen. I think we all were. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. And and now it's kind of just back to the drawing board. And I think that this is what's happening a lot. I think, you know, you look at a bunch of our starts and they end up being bust. And the theme throughout them is that they're guys who are finally getting opportunities. And you're like, okay, here's somebody who can go run. And they just don't because they're all of the good running backs are hurt. And nobody outside of, you know, Mike, uh, Mike Davis, um, James Robinson, you know, there's aren't a whole bunch of guys who are taking advantage of those opportunities. So now you look at that backfield, and I, I think you just kind of have to wait for Cam Akers to come around, and that's kind of the last hope for a fantasy viable running back in that backfield. Well, At I think the problem is for Henderson is Malcolm Brown came back, and they both couldn't do anything and split the 18 touches that Daryl Henderson was getting a week ago, now mm-hmm. became 9-8. and eight. And no one could really do anything, and no one really took charge. You know, I, I didn't bring this up when we were talking about it earlier, but Malcolm Brown is a free agent, somebody who I could claim um, using uh, those those guys that we were talking about. I can't remember which running back. Oh, like Damian Harris and uh, Justin Jackson. Justin, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not in that conversation, is he? Malcolm Brown, one. no. He gets the touches, Darryl, but yeah, he hasn't done anything. With them. I was going to yeah. say, that's the problem is the fact that he's gotten them and he hasn't done anything with them. Daryl Henderson has produced with those touches. He had a down week this week, but the whole Rams team had a down week this week. So I don't really put that Against on him. Against the Giants. Yeah, oh, and I think that when wild. Cam Akers comes that's back, scary. Malcolm Brown is irrelevant. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, and as we take a quick break, shout out to our sponsor, DraftKings um, Sportsbook. Best in the biz. Uh, week four of football is in the books. And, uh, you know, it's time to get ready for week five as we recap all of this. And what you want is to get in on the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNBR when you sign up and get up to $1,000 um, match. That's code DNBR to get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado-only, bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. 
Deposit bonus required 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, back at it with Colts Bears here. Uh, Colts have been great to gamble on. Kind of not really fantasy viable. And lots of excitement with Nick Foles. Outside of Allen Robinson, no one's able to do much in this one. We haven't talked about it much, um, but David Montgomery, outside of like wacky leagues where you get a point for rush attempt, not fantasy wacky. viable so far. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been disappointing. And it, how rare is it to find a backfield that is really just one running back, and you still can't use him? Like, it has been that bad for the Bears. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's hope with Nick Foles. You know, it didn't go all that well in the first week against the Colts. Um, next week, they're going to play the Bucks. I don't think anything's going to be better there. I I don't know. But somehow they're, they're still, what, 3-1 and one in, in the running to make the playoffs. I'm yeah, just not sure what's happening there. The way they're winning their games is always coming from behind. So the game script is never really favoring him, and he's not really a pass-catching running back. Uh, and he's I not mean, running ran, the ball well. I mean, no. they ran, yeah, they ran fourteen run plays, and ten of them went to him. So he's getting the like, as ter- in terms of like a snap share sort of thing, mm-hmm. he's getting it. But like, come on, they're only running fourteen running plays. That's like, and picking up twenty-nine yards with those. Yeah, yeah. it's not good. It's not good. Um, moving on to Bills Raiders. Nice day for the Bills offense, uh, as it has been this year. Um, and really, really nice day for, uh, Singletary as well, who gets his touchdown, 18 rushing, uh, attempts, 55 yards, and even gets five grabs, which are really nice for PPR formats. Josh Jacobs, underwhelming in this one, just from a fantasy perspective. Not sure he's really living up to expectations at this point, if we're trying to kind of do a quarterly review at this point of the season. Yeah, uh, I think that that's definitely true. At the same time, though, I, I think this year you have to grade running backs on a curve. You know, if if you say he was, what, probably the 10th running back drafted, typically, maybe yeah. a little bit outside there, right around there. Sure, it may not be the guys you expected in front of him, but there have been disappointments all over with these running backs. So I'm, I don't know. I, I just don't know. And go, going back to uh, Devin Singletary, five catches. He had four last week. Maybe maybe this is a trend now. I'm yeah, on I guess Devin Singletary train. I don't he think is the fifth highest but... producing uh, running back in fantasy, Josh Jacobs, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he had, I think he had, what, one, maybe two, like, really big games, but then, like, you know, I, I just don't know if the Raiders are necessarily for real, but. What's crazy is Kenyon Drake is the 13th highest producing running back in fence. You have to grade the running backs on a curve this year. Yeah. Yeah, you are not wrong about that. Um, Raiders, yeah, uh, that's kind of it. Waller does his thing in, uh in PPRs and yeah, we talked about the Renfro bet already. Not, um, not much to read into that. Not much to read into Eagles 49ers where it is just backups against backups <laughs> at, uh, all the fantasy relevant positions. We should... Travis Fulgham. Yeah. 
I had him in the last DNVR Madden League. You know, it, it's kind of crazy, though. Like, we can talk about how awful these two teams are. But also, I think it was Jim Beneman yesterday tweeted out that uh, five times as many people in Denver watched Sunday night football instead of game three of the NBA Finals. And it was like three to one across the country, which is just kind of crazy considering that these two teams with Nick Mullins being benched for C.J. Beathard drew that kind of numbers. But yeah, I mean, I had Jarek McKinnon on my starts. He had a, a solid day. I, I'm... I just don't know with these running backs. If if I have the option to take a, a running back that isn't in San Francisco versus one who is, I'm taking the one who isn't just because even though I did think that because everything stacks in his favor, I mean, Jeff Wilson only had three carries. The other running backs that are actually good at football are hurt. I still was nervous going into that game just because of the way they use their running backs. Yeah, I mean, got it done, but it was tough. And I, I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Ref even said that, um, you know, the analyst on Sunday night uh, from the refing perspective was saying that on that touchdown for Jarek McKinnon, he should have been penalized for lowering his helm. Yeah. It should have been a 15-yard penalty on him, which would have had huge um, fantasy implications. Greg Ward, we mentioned as kind of a guy we were on the fence with. Uh, not enough here to pound the table for him. Brandon Ayuk, I think people will be excited uh, because of that spectacular touchdown he had. Debo Samuel, though, did get more touches. He just yeah, made a little less. I wouldn't go too crazy on Ayuk. He's coming and... back from Liz Frank, and it's going to be like the first couple of weeks coming back from that are always a little iffy, but Debo Samuel, that's his role, and Brandon Ayuk is going to be in the backseat once Debo is back up to speed. Yeah, I... No, I, I'm just scared off by the receivers, too. This whole offense, I don't scared know. Scared off by George Kittle or what? Oh, yeah, I guess not George Kittle. Nope. And like... <laughs> we are very happy with George Kittle. Outside of that, though, meh. Especially as long as uh, Garoppolo is out, you know. Um, yeah. And then the first of the Monday nights, we touched on Damian Harris uh, from the, you know, from the Chiefs' standpoint, you were pretty disappointed and, you know, with with Newton out, you don't want to touch the Patriots. You don't want to touch anyone on this Patriots offense. Yeah, I agree. As much as, like, I, I was really excited about Nikhil Harry and Julian Edelman coming into this season. They've both flashed being, like, better than their draft position would suggest. But, yeah, until Cam is back and until they do it again, I'm not. I'm not touching either of them. Then running backs, we've talked about Patriots running backs for years now, so I'm not going to. And then in the final game uh, with Falcons-Packers, very disappointing uh, game for anyone who has the Falcons offense, essentially. Um, You know, with with guys not 100% in that receiving core, it was a mess fantasy-wise here to rely on anything Todd Gurley does uh, run the ball in for uh, two touchdowns, which was huge. Um, he has sneakily proven that he's been a, a good fantasy pickup this year. The story in this one, though, Robert Tunyon, the tight end from Green Bay. You mentioned him in the last show, just in passing. And, yeah. Uh, oof, he's got oh, yeah. touchdowns on the year now. Not yeah, he has as many touchdowns as anybody. 
And, you know, I, I went back and listened because I wanted to be able to, like, pull the audio from that and tweet it out. But, no, he looks like he's really good. Like, I did not pound the table for him. I don't deserve any credit for Bob Tanyan. But it, Bob. I, I think uh, that's – I spent a lot of time with Packers fans. And so then I say things that I don't even re- realize are not what people would typically say. Yeah, Bob Tanyan. Uh, I love that. What he goes hey. by with Packer fans. But yeah, I, I I think that you can start him and be happy about it. I'll say that. He's touchdown dependent, but he gets a lot of touchdowns. There aren't a lot of tight ends who aren't touchdown dependent. I'm kind of in. You know, it is a bye week this week, and I wouldn't say go pick him up this week and keep him on his bye week, but next week I'd be willing to go grab him. Um, I mean, it's getting slimmer in, on the waiver wire, you know. It's, uh, yeah. what is it, like between Tunyon and David Moore of the Seahawks? Uh, and uh, Schultz, the cowboy, too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, I might prefer to the to the bunch. Interesting thing with the Packers. As long as these injuries last to the receiving core, there's some sneaky value in PPRs if you're desperate at running back to starting Jamal Williams or even stashing Tyler Irvin because <laughs> they're so – I mean, you would see it yesterday. They're in three wide receiver formations. One mm-hmm. of their three wide receivers is a running back. So in a desperate spot, you could do worse than starting one of these Packers backup running backs who are going to be utilized as wide receivers. So Jamal Williams and to a lesser extent, Tyler Irvin have some value there. I totally agree. And I've been obviously like all in on the Packers since before the season. I am doubling down at this point for them to survive everything that they're going through with all of these injuries is a ridiculous number of injuries. Like even Kenny Clark, it, this is totally not on subject for the show, so I'll get through this quickly. But they didn't have Kenny Clark, who is, what, 23, 24, coming off of his first Pro Bowl. I, he's going to be Chris Jones in two, three years, and they don't have that man. You could go through this whole list of injuries. Losing Darnell Savage last night, too. I mean, this is a really good football team, and I am totally bought in long-term as well with Matt LaFleur. These running backs, Aaron Jones is going to eat, but Jamal Williams, I totally agree. He needs to be on a roster. I'm not sure if I would start him. With bye weeks coming up, though, I guess maybe I would. There's a lot going on here and a lot to like with this whole team. That's a it's really bold of you to take the 4-0 Packers, but I think it's still the Lions division, so we'll see. Might have to put a bet on that. Oh, yeah, remember, boy. Vegas had that win total set at 8.5 for the 13-win Packers from 2019. I was They're not a believer. Nine, huh? None of my numbers were uh, a believer in that, and they have really, really proven. I mean, the Bears look like pretenders. The Vikings are shadows of their former selves. Vikings are terrible. Yeah, the Lions are terrible, too. So that NFC North is just... It's done. Done and dusted. They're looking like one of the top two, three best teams in all of football. Right now, And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has taken his game to another level, or back to the level it used to be after taking a bit of a break last year. I mean, it's the two errands for them, that backfield, man, there's no, no seriously. Well, Aaron Uh, Rodgers, he's so like loose and relaxed and just smiling and joking around. Like they have those cameras with the big screens in the back of the end zone after touchdowns. And like the whole team goes up and does their thing. They're all like walking off. Aaron Rodgers finally gets up there, like flexes the muscles and smiles all alone in a thing. It's like, this is a team that's having fun. And those teams are really good. Usually. When are you getting that jersey? 
Uh, I can probably big borrow fan. my roommates. Big fan, yeah. <laughs> All right. The big T with our one question this week. Load up on questions for Thursday. Roster stuff, as we said. Uh, waiver wire-wise, it's a, a bit of a meh week. Uh, trades and all all that you have. He says, hey, guys, I don't even remember asking who to start. Visca or Higgins? Can't find a comment on a previous pod by me. Weird. Well, dude, we, we caught you in the Discord. Um, it's not that crazy, Big T. Also, shouts to Big T. He's the reason we were sampling British food on the tailgate. Thanks for the advice on the last pod. Anyhow, I started both FYI, and they scored me 12.3 and 10.8 respectively. Ooh, a slight variation from uh, what we had. Um, shout out to the DMVR IDP Dynasty Fantasy League and um, the team that's bottom of the league. Tee hee hee. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> uh, who are we taking, draft. though? Going forward, are we going Visca or are we going T. Higgins? Because that was one of my questions before. I don't think we answered it because I have to pick one of those guys to take off waivers. Yeah, your power was out, dog. Oh, oh, you guys did talk about it. I'm I'm taking T. Higgins because I think that the connection that he has with uh, Joe Burrow and that that offense has steadily been on the upswing. Uh, they favor the pass, and I think he stepped into that A.J. Green role pretty easily. I think T. Higgins rests the schedule and just moving forward in general to future seasons. I like him better. I don't I think that's feel a, like it's such a toss-up. I love yeah. Visca, don't get me wrong, but I think that those gadget roles, sort of, they have a limited shelf life, and he's also proven that he has some injury concerns. So, Yeah, but I, I mean... He takes over for more touches from James Robinson. Yeah, the other thing about Visca, though, this week he averaged 5.6 yards of separation per route run, which is an absurd number. I was looking through like the league leaders. One player, I can't remember who it is, as averaging more than that for the season. There's only one other that's at five. He is, I mean, he's a slot receiver, and he's a good slot receiver. I don't know. I think I'm still going Visca. Keep the bet year-round. Ooh. Yes, let's do it. Rest of the season, Visca versus T. Higgins. Let's do it. Half point PPR. Let's go. Then the Big T asks, are we going to tally up your sits and starts and have some sort of league table at the end of the season? Can I put a wager on Guy winning that? Peace out. Love to all. Big T. Yes. For certain, it should be Guy's job to tally those as the producer of the show. (laughs) It should be. uh, Been waiting with bated breath for these records. I'm all for that. And uh, very yeah. Baited, yes. if you'll find someone who will take, or you could do that big T as a listener um, <laughs> and, and keep I'll record of all that. But I don't want to hear anything about collusion. Well, we're going to have to go back, uh, you know, weeks one through uh, so three. You want me I, to do it, but you're also going to go back. I, and- I will be monitoring it uh, the whole way, of course. Uh, I am the statistician of the group, after all. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you'll take, if you'll find someone who'll take a wager for you on guy to win all the sit starts, uh, oh, I'd be interested to, I'd be interested to see and hear that. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple other questions in the Discord. If you want me to shout those out. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, these are more like sit start kind of things. But um, yeah. Kirk Cousins or Justin Herbert this week? Cousins, Cousins is going against Seattle, and Herbert is going against New Orleans. This is Surely there. Oh, that's more. Surely there is somebody better on the waiver wire. Agree? Uh, yeah, there's probably. Isn't. Don't call me Shirley. 
Probably <laughs> Fitzpatrick, right? I don't know though. Cousins against Seattle. Spectacular, but that Seattle, I, I mean, Seattle defense is like you stream against them at this yeah. point. And I think that, that Justin Jefferson, do Jeff, Justin Jefferson, two. yeah, That's defied expectations this week. Uh, Adam Thielen Six, is man. not dead. How about and, uh? How about Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, I'm just looking through who's available in my league. Teddy Bridgewater at Atlanta. Jimmy Garoppolo's questionable against Miami. I still think I'd like him just as much as either of those others, especially against Miami. Um, yeah, I mean, those are the only two, I guess, jump out. Jared Goff is still available in my league. Here's a question. Is now a good time to start considering picking up Daniel Jones? <laughs> now that they've gotten through the difficult part of their schedule. They're going up against the Cowboys, who just got 49 plastered on them by the Browns. Is there a potential there for streaming? No. I just can't do it. No? I just can't do it. He, he, has, was, no he, he has no play callers. He has no line. He's terrible on a terrible team. Yeah. Uh, you'd be better off picking up Dwayne Haskins than Daniel Jones. I do think that that game is going to be like 45-7, to 7, and everybody's going to say that the Cowboys are back. And that's going to drive me crazy. Have you I, watched the Cowboys? Be They've been horrible, man. They're one in the I know. right now. Have you watched the Giants? <laughs> Good fantasy wise, though. Yeah, the Giants are terrible. Yeah. We'll see. What I guess to answer the question, I'm though. I'm calling it, but I'm just saying I'm putting that on my things to watch for list right there. In a 20 yeah, team league, you still wouldn't want to pick them. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'll bet. I know. Daniel Jones to end outside the top 25 fantasy quarterbacks, which on injury Ooh. alone, you could bet that he probably ends up within the top 25. I'm not saying my, my whole point was I'm not staking anything on it. I'm just saying pay attention to it moving forward because this was always the argument against drafting him was his first four weeks were going to be bad, the very difficult matchups. But after that, the matchups get very easy. Wouldn't that be more what of about a bet for Devontae Freeman, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, some of the offensive weapons there that were ranked more in the top 20 of their position groups at some point? Um, there I might be able to buy some waiver wire pickups. The league's just too deep at quarterback to where you'll never have to start Daniel Jones. Yeah. Um, what other questions did we have from the Discord? Uh, one more. How do you feel about Bridgewater against the Falcons this week? Yeah, I mean, confident. Uh, I brought him up because I am confident. Yeah, I, I think that that would be a pretty good pickup, and maybe not just for this week either. I know that he hadn't put up the big numbers before this week. I mean, I guess what he had twenty six this week. He had nineteen week one. He had eight and fourteen in between, but that was at Tampa Bay and at the Chargers. He's getting Christian McCaffrey back at some point. I think that Teddy Bridgewater could have a place. I don't think he's more than a streaming option right now, but I would stream him this week, and if he does put up big numbers, then I would consider holding on to him. Yeah, I think I agree completely. Don't you, guy? We're more or less on the same page with Teddy B. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. Yeah. Hank just yelled it louder, so... Did I yell it? I'll just, I'll just nod my head. Yeah, no, not really. <laughs> but you're just taking my shtick, and I don't really like that, you know? I'm jealous. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, keep that in mind. Um, any other questions? Nah, that's pretty much it. 
Um, should we? We probably should still pick sides, though, right? On uh, Herbert and Cousins. Oh, Cousins all the way. Cousins. Yeah, I agree. Between those two alone, it's yeah, it's Cousins all the way for sure. I agree. Her- Herbert's it. Nice, nice week. Let's let's see a couple more. Yep, especially yep. when Cousins has more favorable matchup anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun talking about talking up Minnesota only to have our hearts shattered. Um, but I'm all, all in on the Vikings, all in on playing players against the Seahawks. I think that's a that should be the note the show ends on. Um, so thank you, folks, for tuning in. Uh, thank you for your questions. Um, thank you for coming in and messing with us and, uh, you know, uh, playing into producer guy shtick. I love it. I love that we can do a little more trash talking and uh, that I can completely hate myself on Sunday and think that I'm just <laughs> going to quit this podcast and then come back on Tuesday with the, the fire of uh, Mount Etna where they ran the Giro d'Italia yesterday. And on that note, I salute you. We will be back Thursday for more questions. Send us your trade questions, um, lineups, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we, we really cannot thank you enough for all this participation. Uh, yeah, tune in then. We'll, we'll be back soon.